Hey everyone, this is Chris Benton from the Metro Buzz Podcast, and this is our very first episode, so I want to always mark that. And kind of the idea that came around this is we launched the MetroBuzz.com, which is dedicated to positive news throughout Middle Tennessee. And I thought, you know what? We've been doing a lot of interviews with the Chris and Sandy Show because a lot of people who are listening or probably know us from that show. Let's take it up a notch. Let's make a podcast specifically for Middle Tennessee leaders and just bring on some different people from different areas of Middle Tennessee to kind of talk about a little bit of their story, but also of where Middle Tennessee is going. Because, um, you know, whether you're thinking about through COVID, after COVID, you know, nobody really knows what's going to happen in the next two, three years. So I want to bring on some thought leaders onto our program to kind of let's just see where it goes and see where they think it's going and, you know, and get some opinions and some ideas of where it could go. So our first guest is Mike, is Brian Moyer from Greater Nashville Technology Council. He's done a lot of really great things in his life, and I'm really looking forward to him being our first guest. So, Brian, are you here? I am, and thank you. I'm, I'm quite honored to be your very first guest. That, maybe I was the only <laughs> one that was willing to, to be first, but uh, nevertheless, I'm honored to be your very first guest. <laughs> Actually, you're the first. We, um, we've been dealing with your PR company, your PR firm, and about with other things. And I reached out to them and, says, and told them it's kind of what we're trying to do here. And I was like, do you have anybody in mind that would be perfect for a first guest? Because we want a powerhouse first guest. They emailed back and says, I've got the perfect person, and that was you. Well, that was, uh, that's great to hear. That's, <laughs> that's a good relationship for us. <laughs> <laughs> so as we get started here, I always like, no matter what interviews I do, I always like to start out really light on the light side. So tell people where – where you're originally from, if it's not Nashville, and some hobbies you'd like to do outside of business before we really dig deep on Nashville. I'm, uh, I was born in Detroit. I'm an army brat. My, my dad, so the early part of my life was uh, traveling all over the world with, with my father as, as he uh, pursued his military career. And then um, we spent uh, quite a few years in Missouri um, outside of the St. Louis area to, to give up a, a perspective um, and moved to Nashville in 1999. Um, oh, wow. So at that point I had, um, I had started my first tech startup um, and it was focused on healthcare. And as we may talk about here in a little hmm. bit, that's one of the, yeah. the largest economic drivers in our region. And that's um, specifically how I ended up here in this area. Uh, things outside of business that I enjoy doing, uh, I enjoy cycling. Um, I enjoy music. Um, that's just a coincidence of, of being in Nashville. That was a very important part of my life uh, in Missouri and as I was growing up. Um, those are, besides spending time with my grandkids, yes, I'm, I'm old enough to have grandkids, uh, and that's the, the best part of my life right now. So those are the things oh, wow. I would say are, are important to me. It's funny. I'm, my wife and I, we're old enough to have grandkids as I'm 48, but we have an 8-year-old and a 16-month-old. <laughs> so oh we kind of had them later in life. <laughs> so we yeah, kind of had them a little later in life. 
my experience was was the opposite of that. Uh, at 25, I got married, and I married into uh, a family, and uh, mm-hmm. took on a wife and a 10 year old and a 12 year old. So I'm oh, way wow. ahead of the curve with uh, <laughs> the age of my kids and the age of my grandkids for a normal person my age. But that's that's all yeah. been a great part of my life. That is really cool. I love to see people that are family oriented because my wife and I, we even though we've been married, like I said. We've been married almost 18 years now, so we actually waited like 10 years before we had any kids. So we got to enjoy life a little bit before that happened. Well, now you're enjoying life in a different way. Most definitely. We enjoy it, and boy, there are some days you're like, what have I done? So how has COVID changed the tech industry in middle Nashville, would you say? I mean, what are some pros and cons of COVID right now as you see it for for tech? You know, I think that um, it's it's pretty much an undisputed fact that technology is – going to be one of the winners uh, coming out of COVID. Yeah. Um, I know as Most and there's, there's a number of reasons for that, but let, let me back that up with some, with some statistics. Um, mm-hmm. You know, COVID has hit so many industries very hard and I would sit, especially now on meetings. Music. That's right. I, I would sit in on, on meetings here, uh, business leaders, um, you know, from, the hotel industry and the, the restaurant mm-hmm. industry and the hospitality industry and the, and the music industry. And it was just uh, gut wrenching to hear what they were going through and, and the furloughs that were taking place and just how hard economically those, uh, those industries were hit. And we were surveying our member companies at the same time. And, you know, what we were hearing was, um, yeah, 95% of them were working remotely, so they had to go through the same process. But 86% of our companies did not have to adjust their uh, their staffing levels. In other words, it oh, wow. them down due to COVID. And 31% were still hiring. So, yeah. you know, sharing that information as delicately as I could because not everybody was, was seeing the, the same results um, – what I wanted to do is let everybody know that there, there is some hope and there is, yeah. there are businesses and industry sectors that are, uh, that are still strong and hopefully that's going to help accelerate us out of um, this, this economic coma that we were put in. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. Cause that's just like with our show, the Chris and Sandy show. I mean, it's all, this is all online and through phones and all that. So I can remember when everything got shut down, we started this Chris and Sandy show back in um, January. And even though it's not a tech company, it is tech. I mean, and um, we our goal was to interview maybe 80 people the first year. And I remember when everything got shut down, I said, you know, all these artists are going to need to talk to people. I was like, they're going to be more open than ever. And even though our show was new, we would probably get bigger artists on than we normally would. So I was like, you know what? It's our time to shine. So we stepped. So while everybody was being shut down, our medium of the Chris and Sandy show actually stepped up, and we did way more in the, in, in the last few months than we ever imagined. And all because, again, the tech side of it helped us. 
Yeah, I love hearing those stories. And we, there's, there's so many of those stories out there um, of how being able to leverage technology, you were already leveraging technology. Other companies weren't, and they've had to learn this. Mm-hmm. But they're, they're finding kind of surprisingly that, wow, I can depend on this. And, you know, my employees are still uh, productive, even though I can't watch them every minute of every day. Uh, so those are all those are all positive things that I believe are going to come out of this. And, you know, I've, the world is never going back to the way it was pre-COVID. Yeah. It's, it's changed forever. And hopefully mm-hmm. in many ways it's changed for the better. And what do you think about, you know, with this change? You know, I know one of the big changes I've noticed, as you know, as you were just kind of implementing it, um, that, you know, the changes in the business community is a lot of the people are working from home right now. If that's because I've, I've read many articles that talk about this is the future where a lot you, you have a more work life balance, which I think is a plus because my wife and I, we've always been a 24 7 couple since the day we married. I think there needs to be a work, more work life balance in a lot of people's lives. And, but now I think it's, we're about to see that happen. Well, with, if that does happen, like I'm reading, and more people work from home than ever before. How do you see the commercial real estate market changing? Yeah, of uh, of all the things uh, that I am happy I'm not in right now, it's probably commercial <laughs> real estate. Um, and it's you know we were we had an incredibly strong economy, and there were yeah. that you just look at the at the um, the profile of downtown and there's still mm-hmm. dozens and dozens and dozens of cranes in the sky and a lot of construction that's still going on. That's there's amazing. still going to be demand, but I do think that uh, companies are going to be rethinking how they, how much space that they plan for, how they, you know, mm-hmm. in some cases they may be taking the same amount of space and spreading things out so that, yeah. um, you know, I think for, you know, a couple of years to come, and who knows that this mm-hmm. need to keep people socially distant—it's not going away anytime soon. And so, it's, yeah. it's just changing. Uh, but, but I mm-hmm. agree with you about the work-life balance and what this is, what this has brought. Um, you know, there's been good to that, and there's been bad to that. I know mm-hmm. um, I've got several employees that have school age kids we're we're past that point in our life but that was you know being being forced to work from home and at mm-hmm. the same time having your kids uh, schooling from home was really quite a challenge that people weren't prepared for um, yeah. all of a sudden they were thrust into the the role of of homeschooling and it mm-hmm. was tough i I read a headline just a couple of days ago that said, you know, today you can either have a career or you can be a parent and you can't be bold. Uh, And there's, there's quite a bit of truth to that. Yeah. And what's funny about all that is that, you know, again, like I said, you know, my wife and I, we've always worked from home. Never need, I mean, if we don't need an office, why get one? Everything we do is all online pretty much. Um, So we work from home. We homeschool our eight year old. So, Basically, what we saw happen overnight, you know, because we've actually got put down for years, uh, being this 24-7 couple, working from home, because people don't understand that. 
and and also homeschooling little Chris. You know, we got put down for all of that from people because that didn't understand. And all of a sudden, we seen a world that caved in to the way we live, which was really crazy. <laughs> yeah, that's that's true. And you were definitely ahead of the curve. So y- your adjustment to this was uh, much easier than almost anybody else. Yeah, because when you watch Facebook, you're like, you know, you're seeing the people's adjustments, and and a lot of people are now freaking out that it looks like um, they're going to have to homeschool at least a little bit longer. Because <laughs> I'm watching people, they are mad about that, you know. And again, you know, we all we all have to sacrifice in some way, and that's you know, and that's the sacrifice that I think everybody is not wanting to make, but they're going to have no choice for however long, and none of us know how long that's going to last. What do you see the impacts of that, of, of, of being the parent and being working from home over the long haul if it goes too long? Well, it's, I've been saying here for the past, for the past few weeks, you know, we, mm. we think that COVID is our enemy. And really, in so many ways, uncertainty is our enemy. And oh, so for these parents, it's, are they going back to school or are they not going back to school? How do I plan? Yeah. What do I tell my employer? Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's impossible to, to plan when you don't to know what's right coming. Um, I, I do think people will adjust. Um, yeah. You know, we, people, for the most part, we're, we're, we're survivors. And um, the, the feedback that I'm hearing, you know, a couple of months into this, when the kids first came home and the, the parents had to be home working, it was disaster mm-hmm. in some cases. It got much better. Yeah. They got into the swing of things. They, they got into a cycle, and it became much more manageable. But mm-hmm. I, think, um, I think employers are going to have to be uh, aware and understanding of this situation. Yeah. Um, just, just like parents are going to have to uh, pivot and you know, be mm-hmm. willing to – sacrifice some things too, but uh, yeah. we'll, we'll get over it because we don't have a choice. Most definitely. <laughs> and we are America. We, we, you know, we've survived the 1813 pandemic. We can survive this one. Yes. So now let's go into a little bit of your specialty. Um, what are some of the struggles and opportunities that you see with being a heartland tech in Middle Tennessee, because as you know, a lot of people, when they think of tech, they think East Coast or West Coast, and I know that that's a challenging fact for Middle Tennessee, so how is that playing out? And they don't think East Coast Savannah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> they think East Coast New York or Boston or Massachusetts, but, but um, so there are some uh, there are some challenges for sure, and I think mm-hmm. I think the the perceived challenges when you ask that question, and especially if you'd ask that question in the startup community, would be uh, access to capital and access to talent. The assumption mm-hmm. is that the heartland uh, doesn't provide the same access uh, as um, if you were in uh, California, if you were in New York. Um, yeah. To a certain extent, I think that's true. I think it's absolutely been true in years past, but I do think it's 
I do think it's getting better. And surprisingly enough, I think that COVID is really bringing to light some of the advantages of uh, getting out of these highly populated, densely populated uh, areas and moving Mm -hmm. out to um, areas like Tennessee and Nashville. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. We have, um, we have a lower cost of living, you know, that's something that's always, Mm -hmm. that's always brought up, but you, you never want to, if, if all you have to sell is cost, you're eventually going to lose that deal because somebody's always going to be less expensive. So, yeah. y- yes, if you're in San Francisco, if you're in New York, if you're in Chicago, if you're in Boston, it does cost less to live here. But in addition to mm-hmm. that, there are so many other advantages to, to our region. There's no state income tax. Um, the, That's a big one. You know, it, it is. Uh, weather is a big one. Um, you know, compared to some of the uh, some of the northeastern areas, in particular, mm-hmm. uh, it's much more pleasant uh, here to live from a weather perspective. Access to education, we have uh, incredible education here, uh, not only K through mm-hmm. 12 and in, in in many parts of of our region, but also you know we have we have 23 different colleges and universities here. People don't. I didn't realize this. Um, you know, we're the mm-hmm. third largest oh, wow. college town in the country. And so a lot of choices oh, wow. from a lot of different – that's not one big school like some areas have. Mm-hmm. It's a whole bunch of students spread over, uh, you know, dozens of, uh, dozen, dozens of colleges and universities offering a whole mm-hmm. variety of different experiences depending on, on what you're looking for. Um, yeah. we, have, we have a very vibrant startup scene here. Uh, the mm-hmm. latest – a uh, survey I saw from the Kaufman Foundation uh, had us at fourth in the country as far as startup growth and second for small businesses owned by millennials. So it's, um, it's just this, this vibrant community. And I think where that comes from is mm-hmm. um, the, the creative and music scene. We, we were starting, Maybe it was before we actually went on uh, went on air. We were talking about the music scene and, and your work with yeah. uh, with some of your other projects. But uh, that is such an important part of our culture. Um, I've mm-hmm. heard it said, and I love this. I'm, I'm I'm trying to steal it as my own line. I haven't done that yet. But <laughs> we have a we have a startup community that's that's broader, that's stronger, that's deeper, that's longer lasting than even uh, Silicon Valley. You pause oh, wow. for effect. And then say, we, we just call them musicians. Uh, if, <laughs> I love that. If you think about it, and you know, you're talking to them all the time. If you think about that, it's just starting out a career in music is just like a startup in any kind of business. You're out yep. there laying it all on the line, building your brand. Grinding it. Um, yes. And it's just something because there's so much of that going on here that it's just kind of built into the fabric of, of our population that people understand mm-hmm. what that, what that means to, to be a, to be an entrepreneur, to be a startup. Um, and the other way that it ties in specifically to technology and, you know, in, in my own life, music was incredibly important at one point, thought about doing that as a career and then decided, uh, oh, wow. decided against that. But there's such a, um, 
there's such a, a correlation, the mathematical foundation of both music and computer programming as, a, as an example. Mm-hmm. And then there's also the creative sure. side of music and mm-hmm. programming. And I just found, you know, I went from years of, of being a musician to teaching myself to code. And <laughs> it was just a very, um, a, a very uh, logical and, and easy transition for me that I, just mm-hmm. really enjoyed. So I think that's another part of the magic that we have to offer as a region to yeah. technicians that might be looking for where do I start my career or where do I grow my career? Being able to plug into the creative scene that exists here is just a really valuable thing. And I love that. And it's great that you were able to tie the music in because again, that's part of our passion because of our thing. And one thing that I, do on the Chris Sandy show that I do in every episode. I think it's so important. And you, and you kind of hit on that about that is a lot of people, when they see a musician, they don't understand that it is a business. Like you said, they don't understand that there is sacrifice that they grind just like a small business does. So one of the things I like to do on our show on the Chris and Sandy shows, when I'm interviewing them, I talk about that side. I get that side out of them because I think it's so important for the public to understand that they are running their small enterprise. It's no different than you launching a, a traditional business. They are a business. Just it's their brand. It's their name. That's the business. And they, but they have to do. They and when they first start out, they don't have the money, so they don't. They can't have PR companies and all that. So they are they do 20 jobs just like a small businessman so i love that you said that because again the musician is so important to nashville and that's why we're so excited to be part of both business and that community yeah it it, it's such a great part of the story that we have to tell and it's something that um, we we generally lead with because it just Mm-hmm. People get that. You know, I've I've shared that story from literally San Francisco to Washington, D.C., <laughs> and people know Nashville as Music City, and you just explain mm-hmm. how that ties to technology and how that ties to innovation and to startups, and the light goes on, and they say, yeah, I get that. That makes complete sense. <laughs> and I guess because of, you know, really Nashville, ha- Nashville and Middle Tennessee all together really does have it all. So does that make it kind of easier to to get top talent to move to Nashville? Um, it, it helps for sure. And we are always working to try and uh, do a better job of telling the story and share, um, share the stories of whether it's musicians that have pivoted and are now uh, in successful technology careers or – whether it's telling the stories about successful startups or successful exits uh, that we've seen, um, entrepreneurs that have sold, sold their businesses. Um, yes, I do think it helps. Um, once upon a time, uh, before COVID mm-hmm. hit, you know, the numbers were somewhere between 80 and 100 people a day that were moving yeah. to town, which is just mind-boggling Huge. To, to think about. And what was more interesting to me was learning that a significant percentage of those were millennials. It's kind of hard to get hard mm-hmm. and fast numbers on that. It's, uh, it, yeah. it spread out, the data spread out all over the place, but uh, 
a, a pretty significant number of those were millennials. And in many cases, they didn't have a job. They just heard mm-hmm. that there's cool stuff going on in Nashville. I want to be a part of that. <laughs> I'm going to move down there. Um, and oh, wow. So they, they came in and either they, they started a company or, you know, they, they started looking for work. But that was just a, uh, a huge influx of talents uh, that, was, mm-hmm. that was coming here. I know specifically on the technology sector, we've got a workforce right now of about 50,000 people, uh, technology wow. workers. And uh, That's at one size. point right, – go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was saying that's pretty good size. It, it, it is. We're, you know, compared to some of the markets that we compete against, it's still, mm-hmm. um, it's still not as big. You know, we competed for uh, Amazon's HQ2. Um, and mm-hmm. of all of the markets that, that put their bid in for that, uh, of, the, of the 10 finalists, we were one of, the, one of the smaller markets, both in terms of overall population and in terms of tech population. But we were one of the fastest growing. Um, and oh, wow. Nashville as a whole, for the past many years, has been in the top ten. And uh, within the past year, we were we were ranked as number two as in job growth. Uh, same from the tech uh, from our tech sector, um, we were mm-hmm. number two at one point. When and again, we've been in the top ten uh, for the wow. past several years as far as the growth of uh, the tech workforce. And so mm-hmm. that's what you, you – you highlight the positive aspects, and that's what we highlighted. We may not be <laughs> quite as big as um, some of the other markets that we compete against, but we are one of the fastest growing, and I think there's something to be said for yeah. that. And, you know, since we're talking about the fastness of everything, so why don't you say some of the secrets behind, like, some of the fast-growth tech companies like your bridge connector, you know, and, uh, and freight-wise and ones like that that really took off? What do you say would be some of the secrets behind their fast growth? You know, really, um, I, would, I would have to start by taking my hat off to, um, to Chris and David, to the, the CEOs of those companies who have done mm-hmm. an incredible job of, of uh, seeing a vision and uh, finding a problem that needed to be solved and going out and building a company to, uh, to solve that problem. I mean, it, it starts there, but I do yeah. think that uh, I do think Nashville has a lot to offer, you know, the, the talent that's available, the education that's available, this creative ecosystem that we talked about that exists here, you know, as, mm-hmm. as we bring, um, as we bring visitors in from outside, <laughs> when we used to do that, uh, there, were, there were people coming into town, you know, every month, almost every week. We were, we were hosting mm-hmm. different groups, whether it was chambers of commerce yeah. or companies that were looking to expand. Um, and we were telling the story of Nashville. One of the first things that, uh, that we talked about was this friendly, collaborative community that exists here. Mm-hmm. And every time you'd bring that up, they'd say, yeah, you're right. I mean, we oh, couldn't wow. believe how easy it was to set these appointments <laughs> up and just how friendly and helpful <laughs> everybody is. And uh-huh. that's not unique to other southern states. I think that's kind of a southern mm-hmm. thing. But yeah. if they were coming in from the north, 
it was just shocking to people. And it's something that we're pretty proud of. Um, you know, I was, I was asked uh, right as, in fact, the announcement had been made four years ago that I was being hired as CEO. And I attended mm -hmm. uh, a technology council event. And there was a podcast booth set up there. And um, I was w walking down the hall, didn't know anything other than, you know, I was taking this job in a couple of weeks and the, the, the podcast uh, Clark, you know, shoved the microphone in my face and said, Brian, welcome to MTC. What's the secret sauce? <laughs> uh, That's funny. After I, you know, got rid of the shock factor and, and, and had a chance to kind of gather a few thoughts, you know, the first thing that came to mind was, you know, secret sauce. I think it's, mm -hmm. I think it's Southern value. I, I think it's, I think it's the friendliness. I think it's, I, I just think that, that you look at because, um, you know, the, the flood of 2010 was still, uh, was still big on people's minds uh, uh, back then. And you look at how Nashville reacted to that versus how some other areas reacted to natural disasters. And it wasn't, you know, who's going to come rescue us? Woe is me. It was, let's roll up our sleeves and help everybody out. It's just, yeah. it, it's just the way it's like the tornadoes. people think. Yes. Yes. And it's something that, you know, I'm proud of. And I mm -hmm. think that's a part of, you know, w what these companies are seeing that's helping them, besides incredible leadership, that's helping them to, to grow their companies. And, you know, you'll appreciate this because, as you know, I live in Savannah, and we're mo making our move to Nashville soon. But you'll probably appreciate this story because about the friendliness. This is really what he told me, you know what, I'm supposed to be in Nashville. And to some people, this would be small. But to me, this is big. Um, about three, four, five months ago, and I got a lot of friends from Nashville on Facebook, and I got a lot of friends from Savannah on Facebook. I pitched out there that looking for an extra podcast, Mike, if you got one, we'd love to get you. Would get it from you. And I, I could have went and easily bought a new one. But, you know, I'm, again, I'm, we're a startup. We're trying to save money any way we can. <clears throat> so I actually had – and I'm expecting someone from Savannah to say, oh, yeah, I, I've got one. You can come by, swing by and get it. A Nashville friend private messaged me and says, what's your address? I've got one. I'll mail it to you. Nice. That yep. was everything to me. Even though, again, it wasn't – it wasn't that it was expensive. Of course, some people would be like, well, it's, you, you can pick that one of them up for 30 bucks or whatever. It, that's not the point. The point was that I pitched out there. Nobody in Savannah said anything from Nashville that I'm friends with, reached out to me, didn't have to, and says, I've got one, and I will mail it to you. And I thought, wow, that's the community I want to be a part of. Because, again, you know, and if the business community is like is just like the music community, I know we're going to fit in there because because I fell in love with the music community. And it sounds like from what you're talking, the business community is just as valuable and powerful as the music side. You know, it is, Chris. We we like to say that you can get a first appointment with almost anybody in town. I don't care how big a company <laughs> they run. The second one you got to earn, but but the first one <laughs> you can you can pretty much uh, get people, if you can wait for a, a spot in their calendar to open up, you can pretty much get a, an appointment with, with anybody. And it's just, it's not like that everywhere. 
So to yeah. those that are listening that don't live in Nashville, come on and join the community. <laughs> and and in your last time I checked, it was like 1.75 million people within the metro area. And do you see that as a problem? As you know, again, a lot of people are flocking there. Like you said, 100 people a day before COVID. It probably won't be that now, but it, but like you said, I believe after COVID is over, people are going to move out of like New York and San Francisco, the big, big, big cities where they're just so saturated with people. So you know what? This might be a great place. Do you, how much growth do you see can happen there with traffic and all that? Where, where do you see that going? So now you're poking the pain points. Got to hit both sides. It comes issues. It, it does. And, um, you know, there's – there's a multi-billion dollar um, infrastructure plan that's being built at our, at our airport to try and beef that oh, up awesome. for the extra travel uh, that, we're, that we're expecting. There was mm-hmm. um, a couple of years ago uh, a multi-billion dollar initiative for mass transit that was, uh, that was voted on. And there's, mm-hmm. there's a number of reasons that I'm not going to get into as to why I think that's uh, why I think that failed, but mm-hmm. the the community realizes that we're going to have to beef up the infrastructure. And you know, yeah. as as bad as as bad as traffic is, it's it's all it's not L A. It's all relative. If you're coming from L A., <laughs> if you're coming from New York, even if you're coming from Atlanta, people come up here and say, "You don't have traffic problems. What are you talking about?" <laughs> it you know, it does take me. A few minutes longer for for my commute if mm-hmm. I'm coming uh, from yeah. the suburbs into the city, but you Which know it's nothing compared to other places. However, we do know that we're going to have to address that. Um, we mm-hmm. we got involved with that, and it's important to us as a as a trade association because as we're trying to attract companies and talent into town, if mm-hmm. if we've got a young person working in tech in San Francisco and they don't own car which, you know, I don't understand, but young people don't feel they want to own a car these <laughs> days or I even feel. drive. <laughs> that wasn't the way it was when I turned 16. But anyway, nope. if, 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 they, if they don't own a car and, you know, they, they rely on, on public transportation to get mm-hmm. around and they move to town and they don't have that same type of public trans- transportation available, that's a problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's yeah. why we felt it was important to uh, to get involved with that, so that uh, so that we would have an answer to uh, to those questions as people oh, were looking. That is great. But um, you know, w- one of the byproducts, one of the other uh, of of COVID and of what our member companies have told us through surveys is they expect the number of remote workers to be twice after COVID what they were before. Oh wow! Is that's going to help? You know, less of a Yes, less of a stress on uh, on our our roadways uh, and highways, and so that's a good thing. That's something to look forward to. Yeah, and I think I've seen someone post, and uh, I can't remember which interstate, but one of the interstates or highways just got finished recently there in Nashville, and they were people were so excited because it they said that now when traffic comes back, it's going to help. Because people, because they're yes, able to get some of these roads done through, through like, because nobody's on the road hardly. 
That was that was another benefit. There's been all kinds of, of road construction going on, uh, and they've been able to accelerate several of those projects. So, hey, COVID's not all bad. There's been some good to it also. And, and that's and that's what we have to really look at is is yes, you know, we don't want to see the depths. You know, we don't want to get sick. We don't want people to get sick. But there's always that silver lining that when something happens, I don't care what part of life, whether you're in the Great Depression, whether you're in the other pandemics, there's always opportunity there if you look. There is. And that's, that's all you can do in a situation like this is you've got to look for uh, the, the positive and the benefits. Um, mm-hmm. I'm a, I, I listen to a lot of podcasts. That's your, that's your business. Um, mm-hmm. And I like listening to podcasts of founders. Um, and when you, when you look at whether it's, it's Vanderbilt or Carnegie, or there's so many to, mm-hmm. to choose from, but so many of these highly, highly successful people actually made their mark in times of economic distress. When the economy oh, wow. was in recession, they would, they would go out and double down and buy new companies and invest in things, and that was the secret mm-hmm. to – uh, really building the wealth that they had. Um, so it's, it's just your perspective. And there's, there's always an, with, with every uh, challenge cousin opportunity, and that's what we need to be looking for. And, you know, talking about that, about the opportunities, you know, like I told you, we, we said we decided we were going to run really hard with the Chris and Sandy show, our music interview podcast. And because being a new show, you're not going to get the bigger artists, but because of COVID, because of us running so hard, we've already had people like Cassidy Pope on. We've had Anna Christina Cash. We've had Carlene Carter. We've had um, Jenny Gill. You know, we, we've had um, Georgette Jones. Yeah. And they shouldn't be coming on a, a show that's kind of a launch. But yet here we are interviewing them in a moment of time to where all this is going around us. We found a way that's- – to said, you know what? Nobody knows who we are, but they will after this. That's awesome. I love that. And hey, <laughs> now you have me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and we'll always get a point to you with our very first business one, because again, you know, we want we're going to try to do these weekly, if not more, but at least weekly. We'll have no idea who's going to be next. Um, if you've got anybody who you think should be on this, since you kind of know where we're going with this, you know, be sure to reach out to us to let us know. But, yeah, um, we would like the Metro Buzz podcast. Because, again, MetroBuzz.com is, is about positive news throughout Middle Tennessee. Because I've always been a big believer in positive news, and you get tired of seeing negative, 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 negative. And with Nashville and Middle Tennessee getting hit harder than I think most other cities, because they rely so much on entertainment and stuff like that, there needs to be some positiveness. And so that's kind of the route that, that I want to go with the show is, yes, we will talk about, like, the roads. But, see, we spun it. The show, look, positive still coming out of it. But, the, you know, I, I want this to be a positive news slash interview show. We bring thought leaders on from Middle Tennessee to talk about, yes, there are some issues. But you know what? We're getting through this. This is working, and, and we can grow, and, and it's great news. Yeah, well, thank you for the platform and for doing that because you're absolutely right. We do need more positive news, so this is great. So if you want to just tell everybody, organization or whatever, go for it. 
Yes, yeah, so uh, the organization is the Greater Nashville Technology Council. Our URL is technologycouncil.com. Um, you can find us on uh, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn as well. Personally, my Twitter handle is uh, at BDMoyer, B-D-M-O-Y-E-R. And um, uh, LinkedIn is, uh, is the same, LinkedIn slash BDMoyer. So would, would love to hear from, from anybody, anyone who's looking to uh, expand their company or looking to uh, grow their tech career. Um, whether you live in Nashville or whether you live outside of Nashville, I always welcome those kinds of conversations. Love that. And, you know, and we enjoyed having you on the show today, and we look forward to definitely having you back down the road. And as we make our transition in Nashville, we definitely look forward to getting to know you. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that too, Chris. Thanks so much for the invite to, uh, to be on your show. All right, thanks, and you have a great day. You too. Bye.